Welcome to foreverfit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition and lifestyle. Hey there, Mads. Kia How you doing? Great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. How, what's happened in your last week? We've had, we've had a crazy week. It's been quite hard for us to get this episode in, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've both been busy beavers between um, family and Father's Day and work and all of those other bits and pieces that, that jump into our lives. But it's a beautiful thing. Here we are. It is the, the beautiful thing of technology and we can put things aside and, and whip ourselves on to get recording. Yeah. <laughs> How's the, the, the incubation going? The incubation, yeah. Well, we're in the, just about two weeks to go and Far out. Still, still feel fantastic, so that's really good. And yeah, the baby bump, I really think, has turned into a baby mini mountain. But, um, <laughs> but can we can we have a look? Not that they'd be able to have a look while they're on a podcast, but no. if you're watching this on YouTube, you might be able to see. Woohoo! Check that out. Love it. <laughs> it is. Um, yes, I think I've cracked the one meter waistline. So wow. yeah. Is that is that normal? Like I don't obviously I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what other people, what other people think, <laughs> but that is pretty much identical to my first pregnancy. So, yep. Um, and she turned out pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, she is pretty good. <laughs> so hopefully that's all. Um, yeah. And the bags are all packed. Bags are all packed. We're off. We're ready to rock and roll. Whenever it tells me it's ready to rock and roll. Oh, exciting. I'd be nervous yeah. about now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Ryan's a bit more nervous than I don't really, yeah. Trust in the body. And you have the old um, stages of what happens, the emergency phone calls and all that lined up. <laughs> yeah, we've got a sheet of paper to, so because that's the trick I guess this time around, first time around you didn't have to think about your first child. And what was going to happen to them while you gave birth? But so um, yeah, we've got a few people on on tap that will come and rescue her. Yeah. Admittedly, yeah, admittedly, she's such a good sleeper. Given and, and going on our topic, that we'll probably take her to hospital and sleep through the entire birth at any rate. So yeah. true, true. Yeah, we are. Well, I mean, that's a good, good, good entry into what we're going to be talking about today, Maz. So yeah. we are we are talking about sleep. So if you're just tuning in, this is Forever Fit podcast um, in YouTube. You can be tuning in on um, iTunes and on YouTube as well. You can be watching us live each week if you really wanted to. Um, and we basically we are talking all about everything that you need to know so that you can get your body in the best shape of your life. And today we are talking about sleep and the power of sleep. So do you want to kick us off, Muzz? Where to start? <laughs> um, I, um, I, think, I guess it's, it's just such, a, um, such an important aspect because 
without it, you're missing out on that restoration, the rest, um, and then that just affects your your functioning. You know, there's lots of, of research around not having enough sleep, enough quality sleep, which is the key, then um, it affects your nutrition, obviously cognitive functioning, the whole way your body operates. So it's, it is a, another clincher in there along with our other previous podcasts and topics that we've we've touched on so far. So yeah, it's I guess coming up ways to get you that quality quality sleep into your life. Yeah, no definitely. I mean that I mean this is riding home with me like like two nights ago I um had what I thought we had it was Father's Day so we made a yummy dessert, had the in laws around and made a chocolate dessert and it was amazing but there was some hidden sugar in there that I didn't know and I didn't read the ingredients and I was wired till 3am in the morning and the whole next day didn't sleep, I probably got about 3 or 4 hours sleep just because this little tiny smidgen of sugar that I didn't read the ingredients and basically that whole next day I was um, craving things, I, I just didn't want, you know, just unmotivated, everything, and it was all just because of the sleep, you know, the sugar was out of the system by then, but the sugar affected my sleep, the sugar, and then the lack of sleep affected my whole next day, and even today, like it's two days later, <laughs> like a bug-eyed person, yeah. <laughs> but it was just because that two nights ago, my sleep just got completely ruined, and like sleep absolutely has a massive play in um, the way your day turns out and if you are constantly training and trying to get these results to get your body in shape and to, um, you know, burn body fat and build muscle, sleep is where it all kind of starts. If you aren't sleeping, it's a very, um, ditch. it can affect your results dramatically. So, Absolutely. So I guess there are lots of people listening, like um, I'm, I'm fairly lucky in that over the last well, decade at least, um, put some pretty good strategies in place that I know work for me to ensure I get a good solid quality night's sleep and I might have one night in every couple of months where I don't have a good sleep and I'm exactly the same as you. I know the next day or the couple of days following, um, I really notice the effect that it has on my body and myself. But um, aside from that, I, yeah, I've got things that, and patterns and processes in place. Um, some of it stems back to the food with you. Lots of it stems back to the, the hydration as well. Um, and that's a, definitely a critical one um, during, well, at the moment, while I'm pregnant. Um, I know I, if I haven't drank enough water in the day, I'm going to be awake four or five times in the night just wanting to drink water. That doesn't usually happen when I'm not pregnant. But And, yeah, and the environment that you sleep in. Yeah, no, so, totally. Like... It, it's, um, I guess we should talk about why sleep so important is that as soon as you, getting, getting eight hours of good quality sleep is exactly where you need to be starting. So it's all about making sure you find like that routine that you just said, you know what your routine is. And so it's, 
it's understanding how how are you going to wind yourself down like basically our body runs in rhythms and like like the earth and the sun the sun comes up we wake up as the sun goes down we go to sleep and so what what happens with our lives is we get we wake up we get caffeine in our systems and then we run through our day like you know mad and accelerated and full of you're just pumping from one job to the next job and then we come home you know six o'clock at night and we then cook dinner we might have dinner 7 30 we sit down we might, might watch Grey's Anatomy and private practice and they wind us up and they make us cry and they get us all wound up and then we go to bed <laughs> we we hit bed at you know 10 30 and then we finally get to sleep for about 10 30 11 and then you know you repeat that whole cycle and you get up you have your caffeine and what's happening there is your body's missing out on that really good quality repair because of your nighttime routine yeah. and so I mean and what basically what happens is between the hours of 10 and 2 a.m. your body physically repairs itself so if you're you're training you know if you've done some um, training today that's all about um, getting your body leaner um, toning it up and you know burning body fat in between the hours of 10 and 2 a.m. that's when all those results happen so if you're wired and not actually getting to sleep by you know 10 p.m. at night you're missing out on that good quality repair and fixing time and then between the hours of 2 and 6 a.m. your body physiologically that's a hard way to say <laughs> physiologically <laughs> repairs itself so if you've had an emotional day you're in a grump with somebody somebody's annoyed you at work and you go to bed and you don't get that deep sleep between the hours of 2 and 6 a.m. you're gonna remember that the next day like that's the day it's in between those that time that your body lets go of that crap like it lets yeah. go of it, it it's you know it, that's yesterday's news it's it's we move on to a new day today but if you aren't getting that good quality sleep you hang on to that chip on your shoulder and you face the next day with that chip even bigger and you just keep going through a vicious cycle so that that there kind of summarize why we uh, we want to talk about you know the eight hours of really good quality sleep and why routines important so between the hours of 10 and 2 you need to be in a deep sleep and again between the hours of 2 and 6 a.m. so it's a good eight hours plus of deep sleep yeah, definitely and you know as you've alluded to it's all hormonally driven and it is as it does mimic the the sun. Here we go back to our ancestral roots, really, in that we um, should be living by the sun and the moon, and and how much of an influence that can have or does have on your hormonal system. So that you then you know as the levels drop off, you are get, getting ready for that good restorative sleep. And, um, and the physiological and psychological emotional repair so that you can attack each day with that vim and vigour. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I, I guess like the thing people don't realise is that when we say you get the, between 10 and 2am, that means you're actually asleep. Right. And so that 
that doesn't mean that you go to bed at 10 and you think, oh, I'll, I'll set the alarm for six. It's get, make, what do you need to do to make yeah. sure that you are in a deep sleep by 10 p.m. at night? And so there's all sorts of things that affect that, um, that happening. And so it starts with obviously your food. Yeah. So tell me about that, Mars. <laughs> so as you, you know, with your, um, your chocolate Father's Day delight, and we also <laughs> did a similar thing. And um, I can honestly say exactly the same, just about the same story, to be fair. Um, we were probably out there a little bit as that we had our early Father's Day was more luncheon, so but it definitely set me on a on a little course for having a few issues around um, waking in the night and and just not yeah and new things weren't right. So the nutrition, avoiding all your foods that sort of stimulate your your um your system, so obviously caffeine is uh, a biggie, and it's in so it's not just in your cup of coffee, it's in so many beverages, it's in so many foods, and it's a really just being aware of, of the effect that those have on you. The sugars, again, hidden in just about everything under the sun, and many different names, so just again having that consciousness and that awareness of, of your um, sugar. If your body's actually, if you have some intolerances to food, then that's going to have a, an impact on how you sleep at night as well. Um, how late you're eating. You know, if your poor little body's getting its, you're giving it its last meal at 8 30, 9 o'clock at night, and then you're expecting it to be shut down by 10 o'clock, then the poor digestive system's just. Getting, getting attacks from all fronts, not having the chance to do what it needs to do. So that's going to affect the way that you you sleep because your body's still trying to deal with what you've, what you've given it. Um, and then I guess there's definitely that individual variation in food. So I know a lot of people, if they have dairy um, close to, to bedtime, um, it can have an effect, including freaky dreams. But yeah. <laughs> and, I love freaky dreams. Yeah, really knowing what foods, having that awareness, and it does come back to what foods work for you and what foods really don't. You know, really listening to your body and um, starting to understand. Which, yeah, it's it is tough and it's a huge, it is a huge part of how you're going to sleep that night. Yeah, and I guess it comes basically what, um, like when you talk about timing of your meals, it's mm -hmm. what you, when it comes back to that whole listening to your body, like what do you need to do to get that good quality sleep? So tonight when you go to bed, have have your dinner really early have, and then say say you have it at 6 o'clock, don't, don't eat anything from 6 o'clock till bedtime and then you might be a little bit hungry before you go to bed, but... I guarantee you're going to have an amazing sleep, you're going to wake up feeling awesome and then boom, you have your massive breakfast and you set yourself up for your next day and then yeah. it's that kind of rhythm that you want to be creating and if you find that, say, six o'clock's a bit too early or you need a little snack, have a little snack just, you know, 7.30ish, that's just something really light that's just going to get you through that little hunger patch if you need to but 
it's finding what works for you. And I know that I can't, you know, three hours. I have to have three hours before bedtime. That's it. If I have something before uh, within that zone there, my sleep's ruined. <laughs> yeah. And I love I love my sleep, and it just and if I don't get that sleep, then next day it's it's affected. So. It's knowing what you need and just starting to really listen to that body. So if you, the, the thing is, going having a sleep that's full of vivid dreams isn't a good sleep. Yeah. And so it's a good sleep is a sleep when you wake up refreshed. And it's a good sleep that when you're ready to face your next day and you wake up happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so starting to pay attention to your sleep and your food that you eat and just start yeah, you know, just starting to pay attention to those little wee things and finding out what works for you. Absolutely. Yeah, and so that you know, and if you do have that snack like having that play with, is it more um, protein fat based and does that help you sleep better or is it more carbohydrate based and does that help you sleep better? Because um, again, that's where the individual variation comes in, yeah. and we're all wired a little bit differently, but that can definitely play yeah. a yeah, totally. And, and it's all dependent on like what are your goals and what are you know, it, yeah. it's again, it just comes completely back down to listening to your body and understanding exactly what your body needs. So, in terms like I've just said, what my routine is is basically like I have try and have dinner at six o'clock. And then yep. I have, um, as I head into the evening, people who have lived with me just crack up because I do, I'm so switched on to my routine. <laughs> my routine does not get broken. And so dinner is like six o'clock and then it's um, like herbal tea time or I might have um, like some berry. If I'm hung really hungry, um, like 7.30, I might, after a bit of Shortland Street, <laughs> might have a little bit of some meat or um, like just something that I might have left over but usually then it's herbal tea time and then I am in bed, I am almost almost asleep on the couch at 9 o'clock and then I take myself off to bed 9.30 and then it's boom I'm asleep and if yeah. that routine gets <laughs> stuffed up then I, you know my sleep gets affected so it's the, the thing to note is to find a routine that really works for you. And so the other thing to note as well is if you're, at, like I, I mentioned about watching really intense TV programs and having your lights on full in your lounge, that is telling your body that the sun's up and right. that's sort of stimulating your body. And um, that all comes down to, I'll let you talk about cortisol levels in a second, Muzz, but I'll... Um, like that basically effect, it's basically telling your body that it's all awake and that it's got to stay awake so it's going to take a longer time to settle down. So a good thing at night time as the sun goes down is to, you know, pull the curtains and light your house with lamps and then just slowly start to wind down. Like you're going to sleep. Your body doesn't need a whole lot of food yeah. to go to sleep. Your body needs food in the morning for breakfast because it's fueling you for your day and it doesn't need, if you've eaten right throughout your day, it doesn't need a massive meal before you go to bed. Yeah. If you haven't eaten right throughout your day and you're starving, then yeah, you're going to need a massive meal because that's all your body's craving. But if you set yourself up right from the day 
And the way to do that is to start the night before, get that really good quality sleep, and you will wake up hungry, and that's the point. You, yeah. you, you want to have a big breakfast to set yourself up for your day. Absolutely. Because, yeah, coming back to the cortisol level, so if they're, I mean, from basically about 2 p.m. in the afternoon, I think as they start to, to wind down, um, and the, it is to do with the, the sun and the moon, but the whole hormonal system, and so they start to peter down. So having the bright lights and the blue lights to the TV and whatever, I just look at it as like artificial stimulation. It's just like artificial stimulation in your food. You're, that's basically an artificial stimulation in your environment, and all you're doing is band-aiding or disguising what's actually going on in your, in your own body. So again, kind of removing yourself from your body, you're not being attuned to what is happening in your body, so yeah, the lamps in your house and um, and the right kind of lighting, um, but also dimmer, you know, like dimmer switches. If you don't have lamps, you've only got overhead lights, um, can help you to to create a better environment that's going to set you up for when you go to bed. I'm pretty much identical to you, and in terms of that pattern, our dinner is um, at. 5.30 um, just because of where we, we live so 5.30 or 6 o'clock is dinner time and then by well at the moment sometimes I don't even make to 8.30 but <laughs> the, yeah, generally 9 o'clock I'm um, that same feeling I just know that it's time for me to get horizontal um, and I lie down and yeah, it's not very often that I make it till till 10 o'clock at night. Usually my candles hit me on the head a few times by then and um, yeah, lights out and off yeah. we go. It's um, happy days until, and, and waking up, you know, look, we were at the stage that usually we don't need an alarm clock. To wake us up, we we both wake up and we're ready to to go, yeah. rather yeah. than yeah. awoken by something. Um, we do set it just in case, but yeah, it's more often than not, and literally nine times out of ten that we wake up um, uh, somewhere between six and six thirty in the morning. Just yeah. Um, yeah, letting the body control, which is which is awesome. But it didn't. Um, it wasn't something you know. I think back to university days, and it took a while to, um, you know, to set all those wheels in motion, especially when you are um, socialising and these different things going on. But once you actually can not necessarily move past that, but you realise the impact that it has on health and well-being, then it's just the priorities and changing priorities and shifting where everything's at. Yeah, and I guess I can, like, people might be thinking, "Oh God, this is just the uh, you know, this is such a um, so it's so strict." But it, uh, it if sleep affects your hormones, it affects your adrenal system, it affects your results, and so that's why it is so important to understand your body and to understand yeah. what's going on and. How, how you run your day 
affects each and every day. So that's why it is so important and why we are talking about this because sleep is just so powerful and it is important and it is important that you do take take notice of it and make that make it happen that you get good sleep because it's your health. Yeah. And, and I guess um but tell me a bit. The other thing I was going to say about bright lights is that I spend, you know, I'm on my computer a lot. So um, especially if you have a laptop, you might be sitting in your in your lounge on your computer. Um, Flux is a um, program that you can download for free, and what it does is it it um, you you mentioned about the blue light, and Flux is a software that basically makes your computer. Um, a soft light. So, so if you're on your computer late at night, you aren't aren't being exposed to that blue light until you know bedtime. So, having flux on your computer, just Google flux.com or something. I think that's what it is, and it'll just you can just download it. And what it does is it adjusts your computer screen according to the day. And so, right now, my computer screen it's ten o'clock in the morning. It's it's bright. But if I was to be at night time tonight, it'll automatically adjust according to the light in the room. And so that's the light to the outside. So it's a really cool tool for you to use so that you're not being exposed to that blue light until bedtime. And I think that quite a few computers have got that, like well, some I know that my laptop's got that built in. Um, so it does different things as the light as the day goes on. Um, it adjusts itself, and um, my keyboard adjusts itself as well. So if it gets darker, it gets brighter. Um, yeah. Just to help me, it's okay. Know where my fingers are going. Um, but I think that that also, you know, like iPads and iPhones, um, tablets, all of those things. You know, it just means that people are sitting, often sitting in there. In their lounges, they've got the TV, they've got their tablet devices, they've got their laptops, um, so it can be a bit of a an overload. So it's also not only playing with the food, but also playing with when do you need to re completely remove those things from your evening um, to ensure that your sleep is is much better and you're getting that good eight hours of restorative sleep yeah so it's it's finding like like see coming back to that routine what do you need to do so that you fall asleep like some people may you might find that you just have to turn that tv off at 8 30 and then you go you might need to have a uh, you might have your shower in the morning you might have a shower at night time whatever you do that winds you down do you read a book do you need to have something really warm like drink a herbal tea is finding all those little wee things that basically shut you down as as the day goes come as the sun goes down so should all the stimulus in your day so should everything so that as soon as bedtime rolls around you are able to get that deep sleep and get a really good quality sleep throughout the night and that should be an undisturbed sleep that should be a sleep where you you go to sleep you have that eight hours good quality sleep and you wake up feeling refreshed and so I guess that that leads us perfectly into how do you make sure you get a deep sleep um, apart, apart yeah. from the food and things but there's yeah. certain things that you can do to your room yeah to ensure that you get a deep sleep yeah so it comes back to those stimuluses like look at in your bedroom 
what electronic devices do you have in your bedroom that could again be you're not aware of the effect that they actually have so electric alarm clocks um, phones charging televisions um, any basically any electrical device you want to try and get rid of those um, out of your room um, and that's the, definitely the first step. Um, the second one is investment if you don't have already and depending on where you live this is critical the, in blackout curtains yeah. Um, yeah. and making that room like a cave for hibernating in you know that, that's what you're trying to um, to create really is is your cave we're going back to those times and then um, also what you sleep in and what you sleep under yeah, I guess going back to come back or we'll stay in the cave thing, <laughs> and I guess it's making like it, even you know the little bit of a street light coming through your window is t is basically telling your body that you know that there's a little bit of light there. I should sort of just stay slightly awake, slightly aware because you know it's not quite dark, and so that's where you're gonna you might fall asleep, but you might get. Um, you might be in that vivid dream sleep where that REM where you basically you dream all night and you wake up not feeling refreshed and remember we're trying to get that deep sleep so that little stimulus from some out, outside light can it might yeah like I said like you might, might fall asleep but you're not getting the deep sleep and that's what you're after so making sure you've got that blackout is is really crucial yeah, <clears throat> there's a little there's a little person who <laughs> giggling at <laughs> fifteen and a little bit hours last night. So um, she's she's she might appear in our in our podcast. So if you're if you're watching us Good live, morning, Taylor. We've got an extra guest. I think she's going to open the door anytime soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I noticed um, with. When we moved into to this house in her bedroom, she didn't have blackout curtains, and particularly around daylight savings time, which can always um, be difficult. And I think um, is like I mean, children don't understand. All of a sudden, someone changed the clock on them, and like we put had we put blackout curtains into her room. Um, which was around the same time we moved in, and that made a, a huge difference. But um, and our room has blackout blinds plus blackout curtains, so it's yeah, it's the penultimate cave. Please, please, please. Yeah. And so um, going to that as well as that, like, yep, you want to be having a really deep sleep, but then you want to be waking up with the sunlight, which is quite a that can be quite a tricky wee combination <laughs> yeah you're trying to black out your room so I guess it's um, you know try, just trying to find what works for you like I know we keep our um, have it closed off but we don't have any street lights or anything so we're in actually quite a dark neighborhood so yeah. our house actually gets dark when it is dark so there's no actual external things happening but when we were living in another place we did um, like we'd have the hallway the, the door to the hallway open and so yeah. then that light would be coming in through the lounge and that light would then come into our bedroom and so we were waking up with the daylight 
but we're also getting that deep sleep by making sure we're shutting off the street lights with the curtains and the big blackout. So it's just a ju finding what works and some like I, I know Ben he, he he hated a completely black room for a wee while because he's just like but I wake up so groggy and so there it was this adjusting thing so that you are waking up to this the daylight which basically comes back to that cortisol levels is when the sun comes up and you're exposed to light cortisol and cortisol is something that um, if you're not sure is something that stimulates you and it basically makes you awake makes you ready for action and so mm -hmm. you want that exposure in the morning and you want the exposure throughout your day but you don't want excess amount of cortisol in your body as you're trying to go to sleep or during the night yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> So um, the other th the other wee thing that I um, is quite um, a powerful tool to to know as well is that when you go to bed, and if you are somebody who wakes up in the middle of the night, and you quite often and you need to go to the toilet, the thing with going to the toilet is to make sure that you go to the toilet without turning the lights on, and so that you walk through because if you're turning the lights on it's basically you're getting a big dose of that light exposure in the middle of the night so whenever you go to the toilet in the middle of the night make sure you just don't turn the lights on and then you can get yourself back to sleep as soon as possible I've lost you Maz I'm all here by myself <laughs> oh Oh, I don't know where she's gone, so we'll just edit this out and come back to it. There she is. That was called a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> Taylor coming in. I um yeah, I think the the high speed high speed, high speed internet was a bit um was just jogging. <laughs> kind of a slow mo today. Yeah. I didn't have a good enough sleep last night, you see, it was like uh oh. Yeah. Got a bit got a bit wired. Yeah. Um, one thing that I keep, um, and I guess some people also, is, um, you know, your herbal tea that you have before bedtime. It's probably yeah. worth, worth just saying which herbal tea that is because, um, you know, like my husband and I, we did a blood sugar test just with different, different herbal teas and um, the effect that those had on blood sugar levels, not only obviously yeah. after you have them through the night, but also first thing in the morning. So, um, and that was, you know, as soon as you had any kind of, like, weed fruit tea, that um, blood sugar levels would just through the roof. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
at the moment I've um, got it's they're loose teas, loose leaves, and they're from a company called teetotal.co.nz. Um, and so it's loose leaves, and I have a um, like a chamomile blend um, tea before bedtime. So I have it. I have they do a lot of different brand, a lot of different ones, and I love their star green tea star jasmine. And that's um, again, all you do is put the leaves in a plunger, and you plunge it down, and it's it, let it brew. But yeah, the bedtime ones is I don't have the the green tea. I don't have before bed or any of the fruit teas because the fruit, like like my says, they affects your blood sugar levels. So it's a, I have I have a um, one of their bedtime blends or yeah. a um, a chamomile blend as well. So it's that it comes down to the quality of your food as well. So yeah. um, getting into the old tea bags and. Um, like there's plenty of them in the supermarket that are yeah um, dust and a sachet, yeah, <laughs> and um, with a little bit of sugar added. So just quality of your food is really important to make sure that you are um, you know getting some good 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 quality. If you're going to the effort to have this herbal tea and you're not getting the good quality sleep, then look at the quality of the tea that you're drinking. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm just trying to think about anything else in terms of our diet, the sleeping. So, what you what you wear to bed and what you sleep under. So, I guess that all just comes back to the temperature regulation, which is also really affected by your hydration throughout the day as well. So, you know, probably the most common thing I hear about from people in terms of sleep is I always have to get up to the toilet. Um, and you know, there's a couple of things there. It's, did you actually wake up because you needed to go to the toilet? Did you wake up because you were either too hot, usually too hot, and so that, or too cold, and that's what's woken you up? Um, and then you just go to a to the toilet because that's a, an aside. But it's a um, definitely quite a common thing. Is people saying I have to get up to go to the toilet? all the time, which to me is an automatic sign that their hydration throughout the day just isn't quite right or that the bedding they've got on their bed is just probably too great. Right. So what sort of bedding would you recommend? Like what's um, bit, how, I mean, well not recommend, do you know what I mean? Like how it's, um, I guess it's more to do with the temperature. I mean, ideally, you want to go for natural fibres and um, and products in terms of your, like, your bedding. Um, but it's just, you know, like, how much, if you're wearing thick jammies and, um, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. all kinds of things to bed then, plus you've got a duvet um, on and your room is quite warm so part of going to sleep is that is about the drop in your basal temperature because that's how we go to sleep so if it's too high then again that's going to affect the quality of your of your sleep um, and dehydration it also affects that basal temperature so if you're waking up during the night having to go to the toilet all the time, often it's just going to be that you're actually too hot so your hydration throughout the day might not have been good enough or that you were just a bit super hydrated 
<laughs> a little bit too, you know, too much before you went to bed as well. So it just comes back to the same as the food, making sure that's, that hydration is consistent throughout the day. Yeah. And I mean, that's just made me think as well also about the, um, your, the air quality in your bedroom mm. to make sure that, you know, in the morning when you're getting up and having breakfast, air your room, open the doors, open the windows. I mean, you've got, I don't, if you leave to go to work, you've still got half an hour while you're having your breakfast. Air your room out yeah. and get some air going through there. And when you sleep, um, if you've got a small bedroom, it's, there's nothing worse than that stuffy, hot feeling and it, that absolutely affects the quality of your sleep. So getting air into your room while you're sleeping is um, really important too. So if it just means a hallway door open, then that's fine. Yeah. But, you know, even through summer, I know that I, I notice a big difference if I sleep with the window open or the window closed. Not quite. I can't quite do that in winter. But yeah. in summer, summertime, it just makes such a difference just to have the, the window open a little bit. Yeah. And again, I put a thing on my social media this morning about lessons that we learn from children. But one of the things with when you have a child is about that consistency of temperature in their bedroom. Um, and there's lots of studies around the, you know, having that about 18, 19 degree temperature in your bedroom um, and then it being consistent throughout the, the night. Um, and so it's trying to just play with those things as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing as well is just to, we didn't really touch face too much about, like we said, not having caffeine. Mm. Um, so <laughs> you and I both love caffeine, so <laughs> but we know exactly when, at an exact time point, that yeah. we stop drinking it. So do you want to let people know what? what that time like the timing of that is yeah i honestly because what's the half-life of caffeine's about eight hours so um but literally i don't now don't really have any um caffeine after midday to be fair um i might occasionally but um for me the i do enjoy a long black coffee um, an organic long black coffee, um, but and um, and it, but it's the t like I just love the taste of coffee, so um, I've worked through like trying to find because the problem with decaffeinated coffee is that sometimes the chemical process to actually make it decaffeinated is ten times worse than the going with a good organic coffee. But yeah, so half life of coffee, eight hours. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and then, so all that again, like fix your sleep. So basically, you want to be working backwards. So it's eight hours from ten. So two. Yeah. Right, two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so two two p.m. in the afternoon would be yeah. when you'd want to have your last coffee because it takes that long for it to get out of your system, and. Yeah. Yeah, you want to make sure that you're not not going to bed wired. And so, if you're having a lot of caffeine throughout your day, then it's each for every hundred milligrams of caffeine, caffeine, you're hundred milligrams, hundred to uh, 
something something like that. Um, you guys can let me know if I stuff that up. But <laughs> so it basically, for every 100 mils, it takes eight hours for you to metabolize. So if you're having five cups of coffee in the morning, then yeah. you know that's a lot of caffeine in your system for your body to metabolize. So it's again comes down to timing of your meals, why you're having the coffee, and making sure you know is is running off caffeine affecting your sleep. And are you fatigued and are you not getting the results that you're after? So it's, it's all just, again, listening to your body and knowing what you need so that you can be getting the results. <laughs> Hello, Tyler. I don't like it. <laughs> she, um, she had a, um, a breakfast smoothie this morning, so with um, almond milk and blueberries and cheese, cheese, it's all gone, but apparently she doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she gets confused. I don't like it and I'm full are the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah. <Brilliant>. <laughs> hey, well, I think that's kind of quite, we've covered quite a lot there on sleep. We have. Um, and again, another a big topic, and it's it's um, key <laughs> our extra host for you get a bonus, you get a bonus host today. Yeah. The, um, and it's yeah, I guess the only thing we haven't really touched about is strategies when you just really can't get to sleep. Um, yeah, true. And, different ideas um, around um, that and so whether we blast into that bit now or to go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, go. so um, it's, I mean, often it's come, it comes back to that whole thoughts, you go to sleep and you, or you go to bed and you can't get to sleep because there's too many things going on in your mind which comes back to our old thoughts thing that often you just need to write that stuff down so you can actually deal with it um, and move it from the right side of your brain to the left side of your brain and make it cognitive and get just move on past it. Other couple of things is if your mind is going in a, in a where it's about trying to bring in some of the other senses to dull that one, we'll put that one at rest a little. So um, it might be thinking about something that you can hear um, and hopefully it's not douche, douche, boom, boom, your next to neighbours for the music. So um, not learning RPM before you go to bed. Yeah, that's probably not going to assist, but like thinking, you know, awesome if you can hear sounds of nature, but just to try and switch off what's going on in your mind. Um, you can think about something that you can feel, so it can be as simple as the feeling of your pyjamas on your skin, um, or the weight of the your blankets on your body. Um, so all you're trying to do is just close down one of your senses that's a little bit overactive at the moment or at that time. Um, thinking about something that you can see, and this is the one that I use. So I actually, um, if I'm having trouble, my once and every two months going to sleep, um, I think about the colour black and I visualise the colour black. Um, and that's just my my little yeah, thing that I do. So, People visualise visualize sheep jumping over gates. 
um, that just makes me get, I think about sheep when I do that, so that doesn't help me. But so it's yeah, what you can see or what you can feel, what you can see or visualize. And I don't mean opening up your eyes and looking at the stuff in your cave. Um, what you can hear um, and to hopefully try and put that other with the sense that's overactive. Um, it works the same way if it's something that you're feeling on your own body that's not working then you need to just switch on one of the other senses to help counterbalance. But that's um, that's one strategy that's, um, that what works. But yeah, I find that whole visualizing and thinking of something, so in my case it's black, but for you it could be something quite different, has... Um, an almost immediate effect on and writing down whatever's gone active yeah. NATO on my brain. Yeah, and I guess it comes back down to that um, what got you there in the first place. Like, if if this is a something that's been repeated a lot and you're noticing the pattern, then coming back to okay, what's got me here, and what can I do tomorrow night? to not head in the same direction. So for example, if you, um, you know, if you're working and you're working late tonight and you're answering emails and they keep coming in and that, then you're going to bed just thinking about, oh, did I, you know, answer that right? Or, you know, just think, things along those lines. Yeah. If you're going to bed thinking about work, well then it's, you know, what do you need to do? Do you need to be shutting that computer down another half an hour early so that you, like you sit on the couch or you sit there and read a book and you read a book that's a novel about nothing or, you know, like just finding those, what what strategies like that you, that set you up so that you are getting that sleep and so that you can make sure that you don't repeat patterns because that's something that as humans we get addicted to doing the same thing over and over again. So actually taking that moment to think, I can't sleep. I can't get to sleep, and this is becoming a problem. Like I can't sleep. I can't sleep. So, what are you going to do to change your patterns and routines so that you are getting that sleep? Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, there might be that that one moment at night time when you just go, "I've just this is I I need to find a new way of switching switching off at night." So that might be that night that you decide, right, what am I going to do tomorrow night to make this all different? Yeah. And I, the other thing I keep thinking about is that, you know, the, um, your repair, so between 10 and 2, like the physiological versus the psychological, and I often am drawn back to clients that I've worked with who have really quite high-powered, stressful jobs, um, who are often entertaining till late at night, and they always seem to get that because they still can operate at quite a high cognitive kind of level. And they do quite well, um, and but they always seem to get their um, psychological sort of repair. But I always notice with those people that they not always, but yeah, it's a gross generalisation. Um, <laughs> quite often, they have issues with their body in terms of injury, um, and just repair. They often, you know, they can't. They can't work within normal weight ranges. Um, they're you know they're often overweight. They've got digestive dysfunction. 
things like that. Yeah. And then I also think about swimmers that I've worked with who often get up at 4.30 in the morning. They get their physical repair because they get they go to bed early, but they're missing out on key parts of that um, psychological repair and often have emotional yeah, um, issues or cognitive issues in terms of study and, and things. So it's just yeah, it just really hammers home to me how important that time yeah. and that causes. Like it's that whole um, injury thing which you just touched base on is so important. Like somebody's got like a niggling knee problem or back problem or um, something just so little, even a, a, a scar or a, a scratch that's taking a long time to heal. If you aren't getting that sleep, that it's just going to keep dragging on and never repair. And so then you sort of start popping pills because you think you should be having, I know, some joint supplements and things like that. But if you actually come back to the basics and make sure you're getting that really good sleep, then your body's actually good and, and good food. It, but we're talking about sleep today, so. <laughs> so. But it's, you know, that's how your body's going to fix itself. So it's, it's not popping the pills to to fix the, the joints and things. It's making sure you get that sleep so that your body can actually physically repair itself because it knows how to do it. It know it's it's smart and it knows that it's trying to, but you're not helping it by getting to bed on time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gosh, we could go on for a long time, can we? I think yeah. that, I think we've covered quite a lot there. Absolutely. I think it gives a really good um, grounding and as you, you just said, it, it all is interlinked and intertwined and you um, slowly but surely need to start to put all the pieces of the puzzle um, together because um, they, you know, they, you haven't got a complete picture without them. Yeah, exactly. Hey Wicked! Thank you so much, Muzz, and thank you listeners for listening to us. I hope you um, got something out of that. And if you at any time remember, make sure that you ask us questions because we're going through a list of um, what we want to cover in these first few episodes, but then we want to hear what you guys want to hear us talk about. If anything, it's okay if you don't. We'll just keep doing them. Yeah. <laughs> Surely there'll be something you'll find interesting. And also we're going to be bringing in some guests as well. So... We've got a few of those lined up, so if you have anyone that you think would be fantastic and that um, we'd love to, to hear from you, so please just get in touch with us, ask us questions, and we can't wait for our next episode. Hopefully you're not rushing off to hospital to have a baby, Muzz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the wonders of technology, though. We can do it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> true. 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 <laughs> Brilliant. Okay then. Well, I'll talk to you really soon. Bye.